Hey everybody, it's Maylee Thomas, and I'm so glad you joined us for another Texas Homegrown Music. My guest today is Barton Stanley David. He's a Texas boy that actually moved away to New York for a little while to share his music up there, and Texas kept calling him. So he's back now, married to a beautiful woman that he met, and I'm so glad to have him on the show today. So I don't want to take a lot of time, but I do want to sing a special song since this is a special time of year. Valentine's, and I love it. I love to spread love to others, and this song is called This Is Love. So I'm going to sing this for you, and when we come back, Barton Stanley David. Didn't I? 
here we are with Barton Stanley David, and welcome to the show, Barton. Thanks, Mary. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, I I had no idea that you came back to Dallas, which was great because I, of course, knew that you were from here because of your management telling me all about it. And you've got quite a little, quite a story about your journey from Texas to New York. Well, actually, all over. It was just not New York. You've been all over. So I just want to say welcome back home. <laughs> We're Thank glad to have so you much. back in Texas. And yeah. I have a, as you know, I wouldn't even have this show if I didn't have such a love for Texas musicians and Texas music. And uh, it's interesting. If you've done some traveling overseas, people just love Texas. They really do. My, overseas. My in a, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I've got my, my father-in-law in the Czech Republic and like a remote village. He wears the Dallas Cowboys shirt. Oh my, and, uh, that's think, great. And yeah. I know you're newly married. You guys got married over during the COVID scene. I guess you were trying to have a wedding in New York and couldn't do it and came back yeah. here and had a nice little intimate wedding, which is probably better in my book. Yes. Yeah, I think people were probably relieved not to get the invite in some cases so they didn't have to travel. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was great. We did just kind of an intimate backyard thing and uh, it was nice to get married here at home. Well, um, so there you have that too. You got you got married in Texas, so you're stuck now. Right. Dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I want to hear about your journey to music. I know you've been doing this for quite a while. I've been listening to some of your stuff, and we're going to talk today about a new record you've got releasing on April 22nd. And so you guys out there, you're very special because we're going to get to have the these songs first before it's um, been a major release, and I'm really excited to share that with you. But first, I want you to talk to my listeners today about where you've come from and what brought you to music. Oh, my. Well, uh, I was always, always into music. I mean, ever since my dad was a college DJ. And so growing up, he had a pretty big record collection that I got to dig into. You know, I think I was four or five when I heard uh, Michael Martin Murphy Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. A a local guy. Uh, So I grew up around music and around albums and uh, started playing guitar when I was about 14. Okay. Uh, I don't want to date myself too much, but this was in the the grunge era. So my friends and I were just teaching each other those songs. Uh, And then started writing songs. Lots of dirty chords. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Power chords and, and, uh, and all that. But I started writing songs around the same age and then went to uh, UT in Austin and was writing down there and obviously seeing a lot of live music there uh, and kind of honing my songwriting and playing and and, uh, spent about five years there and then came back to Dallas and uh, continued just recording and writing songs and then in 2009, I moved to New York and uh, spent 10 years there. And so did you move to New York to do music, to explore the music scene? Yeah, I really did. I mean, that was the, that was a lot of the, the driving force behind it. But I also just had always wanted to live there and try. Good for you. I mean, I was, yeah, born and raised here and, and uh, wanted to try something different. And, you know, wasn't sure if I would like it. I, I didn't have a place to live when I got there. Uh, you know, literally just a suitcase and a guitar. But I ended up sticking around for 10 years. So and fell in love. 
Yes, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> there was such a that pause was, there. Uh, I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait a yeah, minute. <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, you know that that was towards the end of uh, towards the end of that. I mean, the, just a few after I'd already decided to move back to Texas. Okay, is when I met my wife. I was already trying to leave New York at that time, uh, and that's actually what a lot of the, the records about was being torn between two places. Well, as long as it's just two places and not two people, we're fine, right? <laughs> Everything's good. That's Everything, true. Everything's cool in the marital That's bliss. That's point. <laughs> so, um, real quick, yeah. though, I'm I'm interested in knowing um, where did the name Barton come from? Because you know Barton is a big, big name down in Austin, of course. You know, with Barton Springs yeah, and so. What was well, what was the evidence for that? Yeah. Uh, my dad claims he just came up with it out of thin air, but I, uh, I'm sure that's where he got it. You um, think so? I, it's funny when I lived in, I think so. When I, when I lived in Austin, I lived right near Barton Creek and, uh, and there's all the Barton stuff, you know, there's Barton's Bluff and Barton Skyway and Barton Hills. And that was pretty cool. I think it's a great uh, name, but, yeah, but I, you I, don't I hear it very often. It. No. I don't know that I've met another Barton. Yeah. No, I don't. I, you know, it's really fun. It's it's nice for me because I have so many contacts in my phone, and when I put in Barton, it's the only one in there. <laughs> yeah, that makes it easy. Makes it really easy. So, um, so you started out playing guitar, but I noticed that uh, when I was reading your bio, you're you're you play a lot of different instruments. Definitely not just guitar. Yeah, whatever I can get my hands on. Uh, I play piano, but, you know, again, I never had any formal training in any of this. Um, I'd always just played by ear, but uh, I play piano, guitar. When I was a kid, I played saxophone and, uh, and French horn at one point. Oh, wow. Uh, but these days, it's guitar, piano, and, and um, I can play a really bad bass, in fact, if I have to. <laughs> Well, you know, most guitar players will tell you that. I mean, if they have to, mm. and, and even my husband who yeah. plays guitar, you know, we had it. We had a gig that we were at, and and uh, we had another guitar player. Our, our bass player got ill and couldn't do the gig, and it was literally like on the way to the show. We couldn't find anybody, so we grabbed a bass from somebody we knew, and he got up there and played it. He after the show, he goes, you know. I have a lot more respect for bass players now than I ever did before. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like, you don't. I don't cut my own hair. I don't play bass on my own records. <laughs> there you go. Well, you know, yeah. a rhythm track is pretty darn important in our world, as you know. Mm -hmm. And when you find a yes. tight vet drummer and a bass player and you get them tracked really well, it is the foundation of a really good sound. So I, I give Absolutely. bass, bass yeah. players a hard time all the time, but I know how important they are in, in, the, in the sound. So I'll just leave oh, it yeah. at that for all my bass playing friends. Yes. So, um, so this record that you've been, that you're playing now or that you're releasing now, has it been, um, in the works for a long time? Cause I know so many people started out wanting to do things and then COVID hit, shut so much down, mm -hmm. stopped a lot of people yeah. in their tracks from even doing a record cause they knew they couldn't even promote it. So how, how did all that play yeah. out for you time-wise? You know, What's funny is that the, the pandemic actually 
is when we got the process started uh, in earnest. This, the record is one that I've been, I was writing for. The oldest song on it is the title track, and I started that, I think, back in 2016. And let people know uh, what the name of the record is that's coming out. So the name of the album is called Crest. And uh, that song, Crest, was the, is the oldest one on there. Uh, and that was the first one I wrote, and I knew when I wrote it, I wanted to title my next record that and started writing around that and around similar themes for a couple of years. And uh, some songs were took 10 minutes and some of them took a couple of years. And uh, around the time of the pandemic, uh, I met my co-producer, Jeff Sines around 2018 when I was first trying to move back to Dallas and went to his studio, uh, Modern Electric, which is a great studio here in Dallas. Yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of artists that I've had on the show have, have done their records there in the last few years. Great, yeah. great room. It's a fantastic room, really great gear. I mean, Jeff's the best. And, uh, uh, you know, we went and met at the studio. I looked at the room and all the gear, and we talked about doing the album. And then... Uh, he checked in with me like a month later. I said, sorry, I'm actually back in New York. I went back to New York. Uh, and my wife and I moved in, girlfriend at the time, moved in together in Brooklyn. And I didn't get back to Dallas until 2019 when we came together. And uh, and just didn't have, at the time, after we moved, you know, just didn't have the time and, frankly, the resources to get the record going. So it took about another year uh, I started a, a record label called Kenshire Records with uh, my partner, Shane, who's an old friend that I hadn't seen in about 20 years. And over the course of about a year and a half, we put that together and and started tracking the album remotely um, right around the start of the pandemic. So in 2020 is when you know, we really got started on recording. So we're going to play, if I didn't tell you first, and if you guys just tuned in, you're listening to Texas Homegrown Music with, of course, myself, Maylee Thomas, and my guest today, Barton Stanley David, a Texas boy that left for a little while just to see what the scene was like up in New York and Brooklyn for for a good decade, and then he brought all that, the good stuff back, and we we are so happy to have him back, and he's about to release a new record in April, and we you guys get to hear it first right here on Texas homegrown music and here's one of the tracks right now if i didn't tell you first and we'll be right back when we met your light was a signal fire but it died without a trace and all this time you thought you were seeing mine that's not quite the case If there's a path, let's take it Since there's a choice, let's make it Cause, baby, I think it's best that we walk away Before this gets much worse What would you know about 
Well, we're back, and I know you guys enjoyed that, if I didn't tell you first. I need to ask you, though, I don't think I read enough about it. Um, I know you talked about some of your 90s grunge influences, but I don't hear a lot of that in your vocals and in your writing. So, because you've got a really sweet voice, and um, of course, it's also powerful when it needs to be, but what are some of your influences for male singers? Uh, Gosh, there's so many. Um, I mean, I, I am a big fan of, uh, soul music, Good. especially from the seventies. So Yay. people, people like Bobby Womack and, uh, and the shy lights and the intruders and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I love, uh, Willis Allen Ramsey, who's a Dallas guy. Right. Uh, he was always a big hero of mine. Um, I mean, and also a lot of female singers, Eva Cassidy, uh, oh, love it, Cassidy. Oh my gosh, what a, I, I, I re, I've been convinced for years that she would have been something really special had she been here long enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, absolutely. She had a voice yeah, kind of I mean, like uh, like um, Carpenter. Um, a little bit, Karen Carpenter. Yeah, Karen Carpenter. Just yeah. just that silky kind of oh. But that's what I'm saying. I don't. That, yeah, that, I'm interested in knowing that about you because I can tell that you listen to um, yeah. people that have that um, that kind of sound in their voices. Just yeah. beautiful and pure. I I definitely kind of studied a lot of a lot of vocalists, especially when I was starting out. But yeah, everybody from Sarah Vaughn to Cassidy to uh, you know another like Mary Chapin Carpenter. Yeah. People. I was a big folky fan. Okay. Uh, so a lot of people like that. Joni Mitchell's another big one. Um, Tim Harden. A lot of people from the sixties and seventies. So do you uh, do you play um, solo gigs at all? Yes, I do. I mean, I I I'm kind of for me, it doesn't excite me that much because I I hear me all the time, and so I really like playing with the band. Um, well, I imagine I, if you were in New York and you were trying to make it in New York, you've got to be able to just grab your guitar and get up there and sing and, and yeah. do your thing. Yeah, and I've done plenty of those for sure. And I and I do get some really nice feedback because people sometimes even prefer that to the to the live band, that, like the big band thing. Um, but yeah, so I, tell I've me done about that. your adventure um, from uh, Modern Electric um, after his after Jeff's accident and you were finishing your record i know you um you ended up um, with milo deering's daughter scarlett deering who is a um, promising producer and phenomenal player yeah fantastic um so tell me how that all came about uh well i had known i met scarlett and the deering's a couple years ago i did a um a little showcase with them at at that studio, Acoustic Kitchen, which... Oh, I love it. I love it. If you people are listening and you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, um, check it out because they have some phenomenal shows in there. It's about... It's a small room, which is, you know, I I don't know. I love it. I I love the fact that we can still do that once in a while. It reminds me, I don't know if you lived here then, but there used to be a yoga studio over... um, Remember? Ben's studio, right? Yes. I, I do remember it. Yeah, that was great. 
I saw I saw um, Bob Snyder there. I mean, I saw, I saw a lot of Austin acts in that room. Me too. Yeah, I saw Jimmy Lafayette, who I, I loved a lot wow. also. He was great. Um, in fact, Ali David, we had the same last name, used to run it. Uh, that was a very cool thing. That was a long time ago. That was a long time ago, and I remember Ali. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so you uh, so you contacted them and – yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, it was a tough thing because I did want to keep, you know, we waited a while to see if, because I knew Jeff would be back. Yeah. You know, just knowing him that he was going to come back to music. Um, unfortunately, we just had such a limited window that we could make the album. Uh, and his partners over at the studio were understandably pretty overwhelmed with everything that was happening with him. And, uh, and so I gave Scarlett a call. And it didn't hurt that uh, that, that studio is across the street from our house. Right. Uh, and also the great, you know, just an amazing space being Charlie Pride's studio for all those years. Mm-hmm. And his old reel-to-reels being in there. It's just, yeah. a, it's got that pixie dust kind of magic to it. Uh, and Scarlett, you know, is just such a confident, she hasn't been engineering and producing all that long. It's just been a couple of years. Uh, but I definitely have a lot of experience engineering my own stuff. And so I was confident, you know, that she could do it. And, uh, and she's got such great musical instincts and, you know, grew up around studios and, and, um, you know, so we, we, we got at it. That was great. Well, she, um, for all those you people out there, so Milo Deering is her dad who's toured and played on so many records. There's no way I'm even going to try to explain how who all it was. But, of course, a lot of people are familiar with the Eagles, so, you know, we'll have to give them that. And then Scarlett did the same thing, followed in her dad's footsteps yeah. and plays amazing stringed instruments, um, violin and mandolin. And, you know, she's just she's just so mm-hmm. talented. And I love the fact that she's producing. I think that's fantastic. And we need more women producers out there in my in my mind. Yeah. You know, there's I think it's something like two percent. It is. It is. I mean, it was the first for me. It just doesn't. I've, I've had female mastering engineers. Uh, yeah, you know, not. I mean, it's a great thing. Uh, but Scarlett just, you know, as a producer in general, is, is just fantastic. She's it's in the blood. Well, and you know, for for a musician that knows what it's like to have to go in and just, um, you know, put the icing on something, which is a lot of times what a stringed instrument does, um, she's got such a good ear. And I I would imagine that it was probably really fun for you to work with somebody that could actually understand the the layers of um, music that you need to do. Well, I've worked with string players since I started playing music. I had a, a violinist here. Uh, named Douglas Edward, who's a composer out in LA now, but he played with Flickerstick and Calhoun, a lot of local bands, and uh, and I worked with a lot of string players in New York too. So it was it was definitely cool. It's unusual when the, the your producer running the board can just pull the violin out and start tracking ideas <laughs> behind the board. And uh, the the songs that we did together all, luckily enough, had big string arrangements. So. Uh, it was great. It was great to, to have somebody that was able to do that. 
Well, uh, and we're going to play one of those songs in just a minute that Scarlett, that Scarlett played on. Um, but I, it was so interesting for me. I, what I really love that you did is, um, and I know your management made sure that you did that, but it was fun to read. Um, just I know that a song should be whatever it is for the listener. I get that. Mm-hmm. But um, sure. I'm always interested in knowing where something comes from in, in somebody's soul, just because, it, you know, it speaks to me about them. And um, I I thought it was really cool, the song that you wrote called Evelyn, which we're going to play here in a minute. And I know, I know, I think you said she goes by Eve now. Um, she was an old yeah. girlfriend. Is that right? Yeah, we were, you know, we were good friends. And then, uh, she became a girlfriend, then we went back to being good friends. And it was always very light and, and uh, positive. And, and uh, we've stayed close. Yeah, through right, all this close. even, yeah. Yeah, and she's still in New York. And the, Evelyn, it's, it's kind of a, not a secret, but I think a lot of people don't know that that's, that that's her name. Because she goes by actually Evie, or Eve most of the time. Okay. Uh, well, I just let the cat out of the bag, so. <laughs> that's all right. Yeah, I mean, it was it was really, you know, what was funny is I managed to keep the song from her for about five years. Did and, you uh, really? Our friends, well, I wanted to I wanted to give it to her as a recording instead of, um, you know, I, somebody sitting in front of me with a guitar. And uh, it was funny because all our friends had heard it. And so everybody wanted to know, you know, when are you going to send Evie the Evie song? And uh, I finally did, and she, you know, it was it was a really nice thing. She obviously loves it, and uh, which meant a lot. And you know what? What a beautiful thing to have a song written about you. And so that tells you that tells me what kind of um, relationship you guys have. And even now still. And uh, I want to play that song. And I want everybody to hear that Scarlett, who is also the producer, uh, Scarlett Deering is playing violin on this. And it sounds just gorgeous. Did she play anything else? Because I, I hear layers in there. Is there more, some other stuff? There's, a, there's viola. Some yeah. viola in there, too. Yeah, so I thought. Yeah, violin and viola. And yeah, she has a really, a really great string part. So, um, so we're going to play that for you um, in just a second. It's called Evelyn. It's off this record called Crest that Barton Stanley David is releasing in April. But you guys get to hear the songs here first. And when we come back after this, I want to talk about um, where people can find you and also about a remake of a song that you did that I think is fantastic. And I know everybody else does, too, because I noticed it gets a lot of it's gotten a lot of plays on um, the different platforms. It's certainly it's gotten a lot of plays yeah, on, sure. on Spotify and Apple. So when we come back, we'll talk about that. So for right now, we're going to play Evelyn from the new record Crest by Barton Stanley David. I know you guys are going to love it. Be sure to listen to their string parts because they're beautiful. And we'll be right back right here on Texas Homegrown Music with Maylee Thomas.
David and we were we were just talking off the air and I want to talk about it now um, about your show that you've got coming up in April in New York and you're going to be putting one together for a release here in Texas as well so I want you guys to really pay attention to his website and his Facebook and um, what where else would people and your Instagram I'm sure you're everywhere is Instagram it? sure is yeah, it Barton uh, Stanley David Barton Stanley Dot David com. everywhere got it yeah um, but to you, you've got a show, and I think it's one of the coolest places in New York, and it's at the Rockwood on April. Is it April 22nd? April 22nd, yeah. Okay. At the Rockwood, which what is such a cool, vibey space. And um, okay. I remember when it was just the one small room, and now it's become an iconic place for, for musicians to be out of, and a lot of great players started there. 
It did, yeah. I mean, there was a great, you know, I got there. I first started going to Rockwood probably in 2007, maybe, or earlier than that. Uh, and didn't start playing there until I moved to the city around 2009, 10. Uh, but, yeah, it was just an amazing, a great space. Always sounds great. And, uh, and yes, a lot of people have kind of gotten their start there and, and broken out in a, in a bigger way. And a lot of people that are, you know, very well known have told me when I talked to them about what some of their favorite rooms were to play. The Rockwood is always pretty close to the top. And I think it's just because of the size of the room. Of course, it was a lot smaller way back then, too. But I love the rooms where we can actually have an intimate time with them. And I didn't mention before when Mm -hmm. we were talking about um, the kitchen. Right here. Yes. Yeah, another great. Right here in Dallas, so yeah, for sure. So, and you, and I, I think I heard you say yeah. you lived right across the street from Acoustic Kitchen. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's and, so. Uh, weirdly enough, I, it, it works. Yeah, I mean, I grew up not far from from there too. Uh, so yeah, it's it's you know I passed that building a hundred times not knowing that there was a studio in there. I know, and that's uh, that's the yeah, interesting that was, part. For sure. Um, yeah, and, and I also, weirdly enough, when I moved to the city, I lived across from Rockwood. So I was like a fly on the wall there, too. Oh, did you really? <laughs> How fun mm-hmm. is that? Because yeah. you could just go down at any time and go, you know, see who's who's playing. It wasn't that expensive yeah. to get in. At least it wasn't when I was going there. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah. and it's, it's one of those places that um, on an off night for a lot of musicians, they'd go play and, and it was just really cool. And, and like I said, it's a nice vibey room. Yeah. Acoustic Kitchen is a lot smaller, but I, like I was saying, I love it when you get, can get into a room and you can actually be close enough to feel the energy of an artist. And um, there's no denying yeah. that's what it's like to play yeah, it's, just the Acoustic Kitchen. It's a great, for sure. Yeah, and Rockwood actually funny. A few times it was funny. I would see people from Texas that I knew playing there. Uh, there was one kind of funny story. I was there one night just because I lived nearby, and it was empty. I mean, it was me and the bartender. And there was a guy on stage, and I, I had my back to him so I couldn't see him, but his voice was familiar, and it was a guy, I won't name names, but from Austin, who was like a big star there when I lived there, you know. 15 years ago and I kept started telling the bartender this guy's great this guy's a rock star in Texas and she's going yeah I'm sure that's why there's there's nobody here but, uh, <laughs> he was a rock uh, star in Texas he was still great not in New York yet but uh, but yes a lot of ran into a lot of Texas people that were coming through there well, there's there's artists out there. Um, I could tell you two or three of them right now. Um, and one of them is a good friend of mine. I don't know if you know Ian Moore, but um, Ian was uh, Ian 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 will pack out a room in Texas, and you know you can go somewhere off the beaten path, and people are going, "Who is this guy? He's really good." I'm like, I know he's been playing for yeah. a long time, but it's okay, That's and it's fun. really no reflection on yeah. you because don't you know? You, I know you've done this. You played gigs for several hundred people, and then the next night you play a room somewhere, and there's like fifty, and you're going. Is it me? No, uh, it has I mean, nothing had, to do with there's you. There's been less than that. 
Well, yeah, so, don't, I, listen, I'm, I'm just being kind to myself because I've definitely played rooms where I yeah. think the band, we had between the band and the wives and the crew, we had more people there than the audience. <laughs> so yeah, I've definitely, I that happens to the best of us. I've definitely done that, yeah, but it yeah. doesn't change the music and it doesn't change who we are. And I've always said, right. um, my dad taught me a long time ago, he said, don't ever discount the quarter behind the nickel and I really didn't understand that for a long time until I realized that you know we can actually make an impression on one person so in other words that five cents can can inevitably reach a whole lot of people and make it you know 25 to 50 to 75 I, I think that's very true and, um, and I just, I love the fact that I get to talk to different musicians and find out what got them to where they are, their love for music, and how in our world today, music business is very hard today for artists. And I, I know that people in my generation always say, oh, it's so much easier because all you have to do is throw your music up on uh, whatever and, you know, everybody gets to hear it. Well, yes and no. I mean, it's actually kind of tough because... Because in today's world, really, you you don't really make much money throwing your music up there. No, I mean, there's it's it, it's definitely hard to break through the through the noise. I mean, it, and it definitely is easier to record music these days. You know, when I started out, it was I had a Tascam four track, yeah, the cassette and uh, and the whole bit, and, and was working with pirated software, and, yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> For a long time, you know, and now you can make a record that sounds great on your phone. Uh, I'm telling you, GarageBand changed it for a lot of people instantly whenever they had that software on their computers. But I have, I've noticed that a lot of people are getting really good sounds on their phone. I mean, you know, so yeah, it's, it is a little bit, it's the access to recording is a lot easier, but it's a lot harder to make a living. If yes. you're not if you're not willing to do other things besides just record, because you're going to have yeah. to get out there and you know you got to work it, you got to work the rooms, and and obviously the last couple of years have been very difficult for that, you know. And I mention it a lot, yeah. but it is it is really hard for people to understand that when you get shut down from even being able to go out and play at a bar and throw a tip jar out there and make a hundred bucks for the night to at least help towards your bills. It's rough, and um, it's tough. Yeah, it's, I'm, you know, it's tough for the venues and tough for the artists for sure. Absolutely, and I'm just glad to see a light at the end of the tunnel for so many people now. Me too. And I, I want to see you play. So I'm sorry I missed it because I think you actually did a show at um at uh, Acoustic Kitchen, Kitchen, didn't you? I, I did. Yeah, when they first started that a couple of years ago, it was one. Well, uh, I think you need got, to go there again. Yeah. I think I, I think you need to go there and play some of your new record and get Scarlet up there. And if, well, if you do, and I'll put a, I'll put a bug in their ear. I want to come. So you need to make yeah. sure it's on a weeknight and a time when I can come because I'm, I, I'd, I'd really right. like to see you in that kind of a venue. I, I know yeah, I appreciate it. That would be great. Yeah, I, I, we've definitely, we definitely talked about that a little bit. Hopefully, we can make that happen. You make it happen. You got to make it happen. It's Scarlet, for goodness sakes. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, you know, they've been, um, I, they haven't, I think they actually had a, an artist from Iceland, from somewhere. They were going to get that up and running, I think, like a month ago, and then uh, had some hiccups with the, you know, 
with the virus, but they're gonna they're they're gonna get it going again. Good. Well, I look forward to that. Day. And I look forward yeah. to seeing you there. And I just want to tell you, thank you so much, Barton, for coming in and telling us about your journey. And um, I, I hope that you'll gain a lot more listeners because I think your stuff is really cool. I love your message. I, I can just tell you're a really good good soul and a good human. And I'm just so glad I got wow. to meet you. Well, thank you, man. I really appreciate it. It was great talking to you. And I feel the same. Well, good. So we're going to play Drive, which is a remake, of course, of the Cars tune and uh, Rico Kosick, I guess is how... Yeah. yeah, you know, they got inducted into the Hall of Fame a few years back, and it's really cool to see um, some of the music that I grew up on being being recorded by some young artists, and you're definitely one of those, and I love what you did, and obviously everybody else does, Thanks. too, because it's, uh, it's gotten a lot of downloads, and I see a lot of people loving it, Thank you. and uh, you're going to know why right now. We're going to play it for you. It's called Drive with my guest, Barton Stanley David. Thank you so so much Barton you guys be sure to go to his website download his music check out when he's gonna have his um, album release here in April sometime probably late April and um, April and we'll uh, well April 22nd for New York but we're gonna have another one in da- in Texas so we're gonna make sure we let sure. people know about that so they can come and see all my all my local listeners here so for you people for sure. that are listening in New York don't miss that show it's gonna be on April 22nd at the Rockwood a cool room and a cool guy and I'm just so happy for you and I'm glad that you got to work with my friends over there um, at Charlie Pride Studio, Scarlett and uh, Deering and Milo, they're just wonderful folks so we'll be right back on Texas Homegrown Music, here you go Drive with Barton Stanley David
Texas songs called Lay Your Love on Me, and it's from a band I love, the Buffalo Ruckus. You guys check them out. If you haven't seen them or heard them, you need to. Well, that's the close of another show. I hope you guys enjoyed getting to know Barton. And I love to hear the stories about how he was inspired to play music and continue on even through COVID and a 
time when so many people were really hurting, he put out a new record and you guys are getting to hear it first. So it's not even going to be released until the middle of April, but we got you guys to hear some tracks from it. And I hope you will go out and, and buy it for him because that's how these musicians are making money now. And, uh, you know, these downloads, they just don't pay them all pay well at all. So you've got to download their music on their sites and uh, I hope that you'll do that. So I'm going to close the show today with Scarlett Deering, who you guys heard us talk about. She is the producer of this uh, record that we just featured, but she's a phenomenal musician herself. And I love this song called A Lullaby. You can find it out there and I know it's on Spotify for sure, but I just really appreciate that she's a female engineer and producer and there's not very many of them out there so you go girl i want to say thanks again to tubbs brewery guitar sanctuary and burris injury law for making this show possible peace out everybody remember to love life you get out of it what you put into it see you next time